She had completely embraced the New Yorker's I promise not to acknowledge you if you extend me the same courtesy attitude toward her neighbors and could offer Lee no info on her neighbor. And so, on a blustery December Saturday, right before Christmas, Lee had slipped the building's doorman twenty bucks, bond style, and waited in the lobby, pretending to read a manuscript. After Lee spent three hours scanning the same anecdote, the doorman coughed loudly and looked at her over the top of his glasses with meaning. Glancing up, Lee felt an immediate wave of relief. Before her, removing a QVC catalog from an unlocked mailbox, stood an overweight woman in a polka-dot house dress. Not a day younger than eighty, thought Lee, and she breathed a sigh of relief. There would be no stilettos clacking against the hardwood floors, no late-night parties, no parade of visitors stomping around. The very next day, Lee wrote a check for the down payment, and two months later, she excitedly moved into her mint-condition one-bedroom dream apartment. It had a renovated kitchen, an oversized bathtub, and a more-than-decent northern view of the Empire State Building. It might have been one of the smallest units in the building. Okay the smallest, but it was still a dream, a beautiful, lucky dream in a building Lee never thought she could afford, each and every obscenely priced square foot paid for with her own hard work and savings. How could she possibly have predicted that the seemingly innocuous upstairs neighbor was a dedicated wearer of massive wooden orthopedic clogs? Still, liberated herself regularly for thinking high heels were the only potential noise risk. It had been an amateur's mistake. Before she'd spotted her neighbor wearing the offending shoes, Lee had created an elaborate explanation for the relentless upstairs racket. She decided that the woman had to be Dutch, since everyone knew Dutch people wore clogs, and the matriarch of a huge, proudly Dutch family who received constant visits from countless children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, siblings, cousins, and general advice seekers, all most likely Dutch clog wearers. After spotting her neighbor wearing an air cast and feigning interest in the woman's disgusting-sounding foot ailments, including, but not limited to, plantar fasciitis, ingrown toenails, neuromas, and bunions, Lee had clucked as sympathetically as she could manage and then raced upstairs to check her copy of the co-op rules. Sure enough, they dictated that owners were required to cover 80% of their hardwood floors with carpet, which she realized was an entirely moot point when the very next page revealed that her upstairs neighbor was president of the board. Lee had already endured nearly four months of round-the-clock clogging, something that might have been funny if it was happening to someone else. Her nerves were directly tied to the volume and frequency of the steady thump, thump, thump that segued into a thumpity-thump, thumpity-thump, thump, pattern when Lee's heart began to pound right along with it. She tried to breathe slowly, but her exhales were short and raspy, punctuated by little guppy gasps. As she examined her pale complexion, which on good days she thought of as ethereal and all other times accepted as sickly, in the mirrored hallway closet door, a thin sheen of perspiration dampened her forehead.
It seemed to be happening more frequently, this sweating, breathing issue, and not just when she heard the wood-on-wood -wood banging. Sometimes Lee would awaken from a sleep so deep it almost hurt.